Welcome to the IDS Men's Soccer Beat Reporter Podcast. I'm Josh Eastern. And I'm Zan Piarly. We have another special edition. It's just two special editions in a row, but this one is more special than I think anyone we've ever Super done. Super special. Super special because we have IU coach Todd Yeagley. Todd Yeagley joined the pod. I was, I'm really excited. Yeah. This. No, this yeah. is this is going to be great. Uh, we're going to talk about a lot, a, a, a wide range of, of topics with, with him. Hoosiers in the pros, national team players that have played on youth national teams. The incoming recruiting class, the upcoming spring schedule. And I, I think this is a question that I want answered more than probably you do is, does does Todd Yeagley watch international soccer? I don't know. Does, does he? he? I don't know. I, he probably does, but he do, I don't know if he has enough time. Yeah, I mean he's just a busy guy. Uh-huh. It's I mean he's he I, is IU soccer. Think about what he, he he does everything. I was I was thinking about this too. Whenever we were like, okay, Todd Yeager's coming on the show, you know. He gets asked to do a lot of things. And we're really fortunate for him to fit us into his busy Absolutely. schedule because I mean, he's got nine guys coming in on this recruiting class. That's a lot. He he spent the time to recruit each one of those guys. Mm-hmm. So it's the things that he does behind the scenes that I think is really goes underappreciated. I agree. And we're going to find out about the spring schedule because mm-hmm. spring season is right around the corner. So uh, without further ado, here is IU coach Todd Yeagley. We are happy to be joined by IU head coach Todd Yeagley. Todd, how are you doing today? Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, so just first of all, I want to start off uh, with this recruiting class since that's fresh on our minds. Um, it was rated very highly in, in many many polls around the country. Um, what is kind of your initial impression of, of, of this recruiting class when you signed it? Well, we'd worked uh, long and hard. The staff did a phenomenal job putting this together. We knew we were going to lose a lot of attacking uh, players with our graduating group, and therefore that was the main um, the, the first goal was to bring in some attackers we feel could play day one. Now, that always doesn't happen, um, and we have some young developing players internally that are certainly going to make that job difficult. But, no, the, there's, some, there's some really high-end attackers that um, you know, have had some, some big experiences. Anytime you, you're, you're able to bring a national team player, and, again, we, we've been able to have some of the nation's best. Um, and oftentimes the national team um, uh, tag is a good one, but – we're very careful on making sure that this player is really ready to keep pushing and has not arrived mm-hmm. in, in what they feel. So often we go a little bit underneath that radar, even okay. though we could, but these happen to fit exactly the mindset and have the toughness and grit we look for, but also happen to be prime national team players. So, uh, And then the balance, we went all the way through the field, from the front line all the way through the spine. Um, we're able to get the best out of Indiana that we, we needed positionally. Uh, with Thomas and, and Jake Gruber, and then we went, you know, from kind of coast to coast to get the other important uh, pieces to not only immediate needs, but also forecasting in the years ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, my question is, I mean, in that, um, obviously, you had Colin Webb and then Lomelli this year. I mean, really established guys, older guys. Next year, you're going to have a younger guy. It's either going to be a sophomore or a freshman. Um, do you see really, I mean, there's a lot. It, will it be a lot of competition for goalie next year? And how do you see that playing out? I, I, f- I feel yes, there will be. Um, right now, we have, um, you know, we brought in two. We won last year with Drew Nelly, who's uh, you know developing well. We had two the previous year with Sean Caulfield and and uh, and Cody, and their development's been really good over the last um, 12, 18 months. Really pleased. As, as we sit right now, Sean Caulfield is kind of pushed ahead as the number one at this moment mm-hmm. if we had to play a game tomorrow, but the competition is fierce behind him. And then that's where Jake Gruber will then come in 
and be another player that will compete. Not sure where and what you know order that's mm-hmm. going to be. Um, the the important thing to think about with a new goalkeeper with this team is that we'll have a very experienced back line, and that gives I think all of our of our players and certainly our staff a lot of confidence that I don't think the keeper that's going to play in between the the pipes is going to have to take a lot of action. He'll have to just keep things organized, make routine plays, and make a save here or there that we need to. But I feel confident collectively we're going to be a tough team to break down. Yeah, I mean, just talking about that, you you have both your center backs back, Mel and and, and Grant Lillard. Uh, how much comfort is that going to give a, a, a new guy in, in goal? Because last year Lomelli talked about that. He said, I, "I feel really comfortable here behind this really stout back line." Is is that do you think going to carry over to next year? Most definitely. Mm-hmm. And and you could, you know, the, the, when you have those lines, you have dominant returning players in different lines of your field. It just the, the it bleeds everywhere. So in this case, your center backs um, and your your your, your central midfielders are all returning, um, and that's going to just bleed confidence all around the other positions, and certainly to the goalkeeping position. And um, you know, and, and I think the, the the positive is that some of the ones fighting are mature in the way that they that they approach the game, and often goalkeepers do get better with age. There's mm-hmm. no doubt anywhere, um, whether that's here or internationally. So every year they're going to get smarter in, in the way they play. But I think we got some really smart. Um, positional goalkeepers and ones that I think can do the things away from the ball that that need to keep things uh, organized so that he doesn't have to deal with much. Another question I have is, uh, I mean, obviously the back line's stout and solidified, the same with the midfield, but losing guys up front like Rich and Tanner, do you feel like other guys will step up um, right now that's on the team right now, or do you feel like some of the new guys coming in will really have an impact scoring-wise next year? I think it's going to be a collection of both. There, there's going to be, as every year, some some faces and names you've heard a little bit of, little splashes, and all of a sudden, wow, Rich Ballard's just a great example. He he had different moments in his career of a starter, a rotation player, he redshirted, and then he was all Big Ten. And it was just that his time was there. Everything had come together in the opportunity. Um, a player that I think is is really you know soon to have that potential opportunity is, is a Corey Thomas, for instance, an incomer or not an incomer, but a player that's in our program that's got a lot of a lot of ability and has just cleaned up a lot of small pieces of his game to make him as effective as he needs to be. Um, and I think you'll see whether it's a, a Spencer Glass who was a redshirt freshman last year. Spencer is 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 dynamic and a really good wide player can play in the back or wide in midfield. Um, so those are those are just two um, examples, and then we have an Isaac Friend who's playing really well, who's a red shirt this last year, who's um, you know been absolutely handful in spring training thus far with uh, with his play. So those are just a few names before we even get to the incomers, mm-hmm. and that's what you want. I mean, mm-hmm. these incomers don't want to, you know, they, of course they want to play, but they came here to be pushed and play with better players. And so that I think the collection of everyone is going to make the competition good. But, yes, there will be a lot of new faces in that, that front four. Just talking about this this kind of U.S. national team, you, you said you don't really try to focus on that too much. But, I mean, how, how rewarding is it to see players like incoming players like Mason Toy and, and current players like, like Jeremiah Gutyar get that action on a, on a grand, grander scale like that? It, it's great for their personal development. It's great for their confidence. Um, it, it it brings a bit of uh, a cachet to the group and a confidence that again you you can't get unless you have that experience. Mm-hmm. And I think anytime Jeremiah goes into a camp, he comes back and he's a, he's a bit more confident in his play and he's not a better player a week later. It's just 
that area of his game he's he's really feels good about. So that's going to be really important. I mean, Mason and and and, and Justin and uh, and Griffin are all starting for their national teams respectively. I mean, in all the front positions, uh, Mason played for the 19s as the striker last week, and Justin and Griff both played wide and can play as the the nine, the ten. I mean, any of those front four so it kind of fits in well with our scheme is that Mason's more of a striker than the other ones solely I mean he probably is not as versatile but uh yeah it's going to be fun to integrate these these players mm -hmm. and, and just looking at this recruiting class you got a few guys from from the state of Indiana how important I mean we, we talk about this in football basketball any sport uh how important is it to get the guys at home and keep them in in state crucial you know you need you need to have a positional need um you know we just don't like to have a to say we have a player from Indiana, the top player, if it doesn't fit our need. And there's a couple in the state that are very good that didn't fit our needs um, that are going elsewhere. But mm -hmm. if we feel that it's a positional need or a quality or a character that we feel is important to our team, that's where we'll be aggressive. And and Thomas and, and Jake are two great examples of that. Um, I mean, Thomas right now is in the top five of scoring in the academy, and you don't hear of his name amongst the national scene. But here's a guy that quickly could emerge onto the national scene and he's not even talked amongst those three we've just mentioned mm -hmm. um, he's top five in scoring in the entire academy which is the same competition the other ones are playing in um, he is he's been a two-sport athlete so he's been not full-time with soccer up until really the last year and a half okay. and even now he plays a little hockey so he's uh, he's gonna be great and then Jake Gruber I think is a, a perfect developmental goalkeeper in a sense where he's gonna come in with the right mindset to get better every day if, where's that going to take him? I don't know. It could be he could start next year. I really don't know. But he's going to give everything he has and, and be the best in the role that, that he best fits. I think uh, looking ahead to the spring season, what do you guys have set right now, and uh, what are you really expecting to get done with your guys this spring? Well, the, the, the goal every spring is to, to find um, several matches that try to mimic this, the fall season, whether that be the level of competition or even greater. Or and or the, the the environment so that the younger players who didn't play yet in front of two three five six thousand get that experience so next fall when we enter in the classic they're not overwhelmed mm -hmm. with anxiety and 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 um, in that environment so you know some of these matches whether it be the one we do every year up at Fort Wayne when we play Notre Dame typically there's two to five thousand at that match nice environment um, that's always a great one. Our match with uh, this year, we try to bring in a pro team from time to time. We're going to play the the Swope from Kansas City, mm -hmm. which is the second division team underneath um, Sporting, mm -hmm. which, uh, again, this is all going to be announced here in the days ahead. And then we finish with Mexico um, the last game of the spring. So within that, there's some other big games too, but those are really um, kind of some, some highlight moments of the spring. And we do a different format too. We'll also play 9v9 inside kind of in a controlled scrimmage, not really open to the public. But we do that to um, – it's one, it fits the space that we have in Maryland Camp, and mm -hmm. two, I think it isolates different areas of the field for our own development. And we'll do that against a few teams as well. What what challenges do you expect to, going up against the – I mean, you've, you played the, the Mexican National and played them last year and you're playing them again this year. But what, what challenges do you get out of that game, and, and how does that help the team moving forward? Is it just kind of mimicking that, that fall season? It is. I mean, technically we won't or arguably won't play against a team with as much, you know, technical um, ability or at least very close to it. Um, you know, a, um, a U18 or U20 national team of Mexico 
which has done very well, obviously, in, in our region. That's going to be very similar to, I would call, a second division team or or uh, an emerging MLS player. It's going to be that level of mm-hmm. technical ability. And that is, that's hard to replicate in training. With So I think that the takeaway in that is that we, we play against a different style. Um, we're going to play against some things that are going to teach our players on the field, some movements, um, some tactical things to solve because we don't prepare for them. So we got to solve things in the run there. And that's mm-hmm. always an interesting challenge. And that's a good lesson. So individually, different parts of the field, and also collectively how to solve a different tactical approach in the run. And, th- and, and again, just the, the atmosphere of Armstrong that day is something something really special. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a highlight. And we're lucky to get him back again this year. Let's, let's talk about the pro guys. Uh, most recently, I know we know about Tanner getting drafted in the MLS, but I want to talk about Rich Ballard signing with Louisville City. I thought that was really cool for him being able to go home, and I thought it was also really cool about that the uh, coach remembered him whenever he scored against Louisville City uh, a couple years ago. So just talk about that opportunity that Rich is going to be able to have and what, what does the future look like for him? It, yeah, a little cliche. It's a little dream come true. It really is. I mean, they didn't even exist when when Rich came to Taiyu, so it's uh, you couldn't really envision it at that point. Mm-hmm. But perfect scenario for Rich. Um, I mean, these are the you get so excited to see someone have this opportunity because, again, his development, his own career, to see him have his final year with su- success that he had, um, and then yes, to to go in there and and do really well in the kind of their invited tryout camp. And, you know, I quickly spoke to the coach after, and he's like, Rich did really well. And, you know, looks like we're going to see how we can make this happen. And days later, here he is, and he's signed. And, um, I mean, he grew up there. He, he's got a lot of family and friends there. And to, to go back, it's a win-win for both. He'll do great being an ambassador for, for Louisville, uh, their pro team. And, and Rich's soccer is still the best still is ahead for him, and that's what I'm excited. He's got more opportunity to continue to fine-tune some of the areas that he still needs to grow, um, and some of that is some of his tactical piece, which really is, is the, 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 the most teachable still at this you know point in his career. How much through this whole process, with, with whether it's Tanner, whether it's Rich, whether it's anybody going to that next level, how, how much do you talk with them and, and kind of coach them up after they leave IU? We try to stay as involved as we can be um, without losing sight of, obviously, the, the managing our, our current group. So mm-hmm. it, it's you're on the phone a lot, our job. we um, trying to help connect coaches with our with our uh, players that are looking for these opportunities and just checking in to make sure they're okay. And, and you know, I'll, I'll stay in touch with quite a few of our um, recently graduated players currently playing more so than maybe the older ones because of what they need to talk about. I mean, it's another extension of they need the, the coaches don't talk as much in the pros. They're not going to get feedback as much as maybe we would give them. So we're often there for them to kind of give them perspective. Um, and that's what, you know, I do with all of our guys who need it. And I always say, please call me if anything comes up. So I'll get a call after a practice or in a preseason of their rookie season, and they're really excited. I'll probably temper a little bit. Or if they're really bummed out, I'm, I'm going to try to give them perspective because mm-hmm. I've been there. It's it can be an emotional roller coaster for these guys, and they need to really maintain a level head and not let one training or one session um, control their highs and lows. So I give them a straight talk and and, and help them through. Or if they're just struggling other things, I, I try to give them perspective that that I had as a as a past player in the league. So hopefully that helps them and. Um, 
and, and gives them some additional guidance. Uh, let's, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, let's talk about Tanner a little bit. Uh, going to Minnesota, he's going to be able to play with Femi. Um, just how awesome is that? I mean, obviously it's great being drafted by an MLS team, but even going to a team and knowing some of the guys on the team already and just having that relationship already, how crucial is that and how, how much would that help him moving forward? Tanner, I, th- I think any of our young guys going to a team, you have someone you know there is going to help um, to some level. Tanner, I wouldn't be as worried about because the way he able to assimilate into groups, but generally it's a big it's a big helper. Now Femi's new to the team too, but even a year in the league, you, you feel a little bit different going into a preseason camp. So I know they've quickly adjusted well, and I've been talking to them fairly regularly um, on how their daily sessions have been and. Um, it's a, it's such a new thing too with the, with an expansion team. Everyone's new. Everything's not established yet, so it's hard to read because um, there's no one, there's no blueprint that's been there yet. But great situation. Tanner has a lot of family in Minnesota. His his mom and dad grew up there, so he's got aunts and uncles there. He's got more family in Minnesota than he does in California. So if there's any one place that he could go with more family, it would be obviously a Chicago, close to here, a lot of friends and, and family, but really it's up in Minneapolis, and uh, most people would know that. So he's got – he's staying, I think, with one of his aunts right now just because <laughs> – pl- I mean, it works out great. And Femi has a couple friends kind of through his, his earlier childhood that's up there, and um, things worked out. So we really hope that they can – you know, land there and, and stay there and help that team because I think anytime you're part of an expansion team, that's a special deal. Um, you know, they're obviously not going to be there forever in one case or another, but to kind of push a team off into the start, I think, is a neat experience. And I obviously got to do that with the crew because everyone was new. But mm-hmm. I, I think those are you don't you don't get those times again with with a new team. How how rewarding is it as a coach or as a program as a whole to see these these guys kind of progress through MLS or, or uh, any other league they play in. Like, I mean, Eric Zavaleta played in, in, in MLS Cup. Will Bruin now plays for the Sounders, just won. How, how rewarding is that as a program to kind of show, yeah, this we've, we produce this, we produce that? Well, it's on two levels. I mean, you're, first, I'm just really excited to watch them play more in, on, a, on a selfish way. I mean, I'm connected more to the team, I'll be mm-hmm. honest with you. Um, you know, I love our league and I support it, but to have one of our players that I got to work with on the team, I mean, I'm just that much more ingrained. I'm watching those games closer. Um, yeah, I love to watch it and give them feedback, you know, and, and smaller or big just to see if I can give them a different set of eyes. And, and then from a program standpoint, yes, it's great to be able to, to demonstrate that we've had, you know, players move on to the next level. And I think there is a, there's a quality and a consistency like any product from any institution that you'll get something similar when you get an Indiana player. And they might come in different shapes and sizes, different skill sets, but I think the the professional coaches and and those in that community understand that they'll be the best prepared they can be to to make an impact and um they're going to work they're going to work hard for for whatever role they're presented and that's a consistency that I'm really proud of and the numbers kind of speak for themselves and how many we put there and mm-hmm. um, it's it's just fun to follow and it's not going to it's only going to get better so i'm excited to see the next group make their way i'm just curious more than anything how how much like other soccer do you watch not just college like international uh, national teams how, how much do you kind of reach out and or kind of watch whether it's premier league on saturdays or, or anything else like that you know it it gets difficult um, i try to get 
you know, highlight shows mm-hmm. um, as the best I can, or I'll go on and 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 try to catch a game. I and mean, my kids are glued to it on on mm-hmm. the weekend, so I have a good time watching it with them. But it, it gets difficult to to watch. I probably spend more time watching our league, uh, Major League Soccer, and then mm-hmm. the other league I would focus in on for my own just general watching would be the EPL. Mm-hmm. Um, I find it the most fascinating league in the world, not because of talent, but it just the, the games I think are the most engaging and 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 ones that are um, have the most drama from a, from a fan perspective mm-hmm. and. Um, it, it's it, it's fun to to fun to follow, but there's not a there's not a team that I'm um, you know in love with. I would say through the years, uh, I've, I've enjoyed uh, Manchester United. I'm, I'm a big fan of Sir Alex Ferguson okay. and uh, and what they've done, um, but I'm I'm not married to them, and I'm I'm really love liking Liverpool at the moment. Okay. So uh, that, that's hard for somebody. How can you like both? Well, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> I enjoy watching a certain brand and, and some personalities within a team, and it, it's 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 cool to see you know how things can quickly change from with a coach and a new player, as we've seen with Leicester as a good mm-hmm. example, mm-hmm. how things can quickly change yeah. with uh, one year to the next. Yeah. So, I mean, do you, when, when watching those games, when you have time or just watching MLS, do you try to pick up certain things from those games and try to implement yourself in, in – in the college game, you do. You, I mean, it's that's that's where it's hard sometimes. Um, watching it just purely as a fan, and watching it as a coach, like there's be times where I'm like wanting to like I'll you know I'll be watching it and I'm, I have it on TiVo, so I'm going back and I'm freezing a frame and I'm looking at something and I've taken videos from a TV of a play that I liked or a sequence that I feel like I can I can show a player. Um, your 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 mind's always working mm-hmm. and. And and so I, I do like to use a few teams as examples of maybe what we're looking to do. And certainly, um, you know, there's some examples of with our pressing that, that you can get, um, you know, whether it's, you know, obviously with right now with what Liverpool is able to do and kind of the personality of a team. And then um, there's been some obviously some great examples over in Spain mm-hmm. um, and, 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 what, and what some folks have done there. So I, I use those because I know the players are watching, right. you know, and, and – I'll ask them questions on, you know, what would you what you think of this game of the week? What was the difference? What play? So if there's a great moment um, that's teachable with a player that maybe needs to work on that, I might say, you know, what was the what was the difference in the game on Saturday with whomever? And then I go, yeah, that goal. And I said, was it was it poor transition? Was it a great set piece? Was it a detail? Was it poor defending? A poor trap? I mean, and they're like, oh yeah, you know, and. So trying to teach them that, okay. but not they'll get bored if I get too much. Of that. <laughs> so we try to keep it as light as we can. Uh-huh. Um, let's talk about your father, Jerry Yeagley, Five hundred forty-four career wins. I mean, six national championships. Um, just growing up, what 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 was like the one maybe the biggest lesson that he taught you in soccer wise, and then now you being the head coach here and taking over for him. Just how has that been? And just kind of take us through the entire process. Well, I think I mean the the biggest lessons he is um, he's f- phenomenal at managing his environment, and you know he always said get people really good around you that are strong or stronger than you in certain areas. Um, he was a phenomenal leader. He knew you know kind of where to push and when to li- you know let up, and that got better through his time after talking to him through all these years and where he made mistakes but learned from it. I mean, he was thrown right into to coaching it, you know, in 1963 with, with really no experience um, in those club years. So it was all trial and error, and he was figuring stuff out. And, you know, he got to use all those 
learning examples in his early varsity years and then and on. So, you know, and then the discipline piece. I mean, that's something that he learned from his high school coach and college coach and then how that he brought that into the way that he coached. Um, you know, that was so important to him on the discipline of a team and the team unity that, you know, I think is a cornerstone of all of our teams that, you know, this team always plays together. If you compare, um, you know, apples to apples against the rest of the country and those kind of core values within our program, you know, were established back in the 60s and just continue to be fine-tuned. It's just cool to see that we're able to still maintain some of those core values with the attitude and the uh, the way that, we, again, the pride in the way we play, our, our overall commitment to discipline and the ability to put the team first. It's not easy, and especially when you're in this competitive environment where we have players that are certainly capable of a lot of them starting and they're not to to really believe in the process and to enjoy the process and you know my dad had a lot of fun he's a he's a funny guy and um he, he never lost sight of that within his team and so those you know if i can do just a, some of that stuff i'll be all right um but he's he's a great mentor we, we you know we we talk regularly um, about topics, and you know, he gets to watch soccer all the time. I'm actually jealous because <laughs> he watches nonstop. Yeah. He'll he'll have like four games, you know, TiVo a week of the best of the week, and and he'll just sit and relax because he that's what he can do uh, with retirement. <laughs> so he, he watches so much more than he did when he coached. And we have good banter on you know different teams and or uh, you know again a different different perspective on, you know, a performance from one of our players from, from a game. You know, it's, um, it's, it, it's not a, uh, it, it, it's honest, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's never, there's never an angle. Um, and that's so difficult in today's world to have that, but he's not around our team enough to see the ins and outs of every day. So it's just, a, it's an interesting perspective and one I, I lean on heavily, um, on advice on certain situations. And I mean, when 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 you got into coaching, went to Wisconsin. Was was Indiana a place you wanted to come? And and when you came, did you feel kind of a little bit of pressure for for lack of a better word, taking over for your dad, where he really built this program up? Yeah, the the pressure that I felt, you know, I've been dealing with it for a long time. So, you know, when you're a son of a really successful coach at any level, any sport, you're going to always be the coach's son. Um, you know, that's whether I, you're playing youth soccer and. The other team knows who you are, and they're going after you a little bit more, or they might try to taunt you a little bit. Um, I got—I just had to deal with it early. You know, I—I I learned quickly that it was more of, of a great opportunity than it was any of the negatives that would come along with it, because it opens doors. It gave me an opportunity to see things and meet people that most people don't get to. With that, there comes some pressure, some some unrealistic pressure in some ways in certain situations, and. If you can live in the moment and, and put it in different compartments and enjoy what you're doing and do what you can do at your best, then you can be okay with it, whatever the final result is. And if I get caught up in the wins and what my father has done, that would overwhelm. I would be, um, you know, th- that may never be accomplished again, quite honestly. And um, we are a, a little bit different in the way we do some things, but yet to try to measure yourself. So stay true who to you are and use the great wisdom and, and philosophy and blueprint that's here and put those together and it, it can work but I dealt that with a player at IU mm-hmm. 
Um, so every step along the way I dealt with, okay, he's got to prove himself. And things worked out well. And, you know, for me not to come back to IU would be a com- – um, the sole reason would be a complete fear of, of, of failure or living up. And I think that's a shallow approach when the reward and the, the big picture could be an unbelievable experience. So I think everyone, and I try to use that lesson, is like you got to put yourself out there and be willing to make some, some, some risks and ones that you, you might get criticized for. But if you're okay with it and you do what you can and you can control your environment and the people around you, then, um, then everything can, can work out okay. Is that kind of a message that you kind of pass on to your players of of taking risks and 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 many other things you you just mentioned? Yeah, as much as I can. I mean, I I'm I'm it's um, I, I wouldn't say I'm a risk taker in, in like my general daily life, but mm-hmm. I do feel that we all get caught at times in a in a comfortable world, and whether it's in a new experience. Um, um, I always say to get as balanced as you can with your outside life but yet not lose focus and what you need to get done. But, yes, it's a new challenge of a position. It's a new challenge of a team. Um, anything that they can do to kind of open their eyes to a new experience, I'm all about it. And I try to live that as best I can. And that's that's not always easy to do. And even our job is to we, we get into a routine and we, we need to push ourselves in different ways. And I ask that of our staff. How can we be creative and, and challenging one another and – and, and ultimately challenging myself to think a little bit outside of your comfort zone. And Wisconsin, for me, was a phenomenal year. I learned more in that year just personally than I could have in probably five years coaching somewhere else or mm-hmm. certainly staying as an assistant um, because the, sh- the, the seat is different. And people say it's hotter. <laughs> <laughs> it's just different. Yeah. Um, and I, I love what I do, and I love being a head coach, but it, it's you do. You think differently. Um, you, you don't you don't deliver the final piece. You you the, the buck finally stops you. The decision is yours. With obviously counsel from your coaches, but you, you feel that responsibility. It's heavy, and again, it's it's one that um, some people enjoy, others don't. I think final thing for me, um, looking ahead to next season, how good can Grant Lillard be on that back line next year? I I said to Grant his freshman year. I said Grant. Um, I don't know where we were, and, and I said, Grant, you have really the, the makeup to be arguably one of our best, but maybe the best um, central defender that we've ever had. I said, that's pretty, that's pretty remarkable, and I, I don't remember exactly his reaction. Now, we've chatted um, you know, quite a bit about his development track, and yes, I, I, the, the coolest part about where I think Grant is right now is that he is totally – set on all the small factors and details of his game that he he know he knows he needs to clean up to be the best he can be for now and also at the professional level and we're seeing that his spring training um has been really good really good and i'm i'm really excited so to answer your question um flat out special i do think <laughs> he'll be the best center back in college soccer next year and then i'm going to and, and I'm going to make sure every day he realizes that. So um, he likes to be pushed too, which I love. He he's um, he's a competitor, but he he likes to be pushed, and he wants to be the best he can be. And um, that's 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 fun to coach that with with a player that's that um, special. You don't have that size and athleticism and technique all kind of wrapped into one player. It's a rare combination. 
think that's all I got. Yeah. Is there anything else? No, that's no. all good. good. Well, thank you very much yeah, for, for joining it. us. That was a, a wide range of topics. We've got some, some interesting conversation there. Great. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Thank you very much. That was a, a pretty good interview with, with Coach Ty Daigley. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. It I was everything it. I, I expected it to be. And maybe a little bit more. Yeah. He got he got in in depth about uh, his his dad, which I thought was really interesting. We found out he likes to watch the the Premier League when he can. Mm-hmm. Um, He's secret un- undercover Liverpool. Yeah, and I, I and as a, I didn't tell him I was a Man City guy, uh-huh. but um, but I mean it's okay. Man City should probably finish in the top four anyway, so we'll we'll see. I don't know, but besides the point, we we heard a lot about recruiting. We heard a lot about. Um, the spring, His, spring schedule. Coming spring up. schedule. Uh, that was a sneak peek. Yeah. It doesn't even come out until Wednesday. Oh. So, or if, when, <laughs> whenever you are listening to this, mm-hmm. yeah, Wednesday. We it's heard come it out. first. Um, and we, we heard some cool things about his dad and what he learned from his dad mm-hmm. coming to Indiana from Wisconsin and kind of following in his footsteps. Uh, we heard about Hoosiers and the pros, yeah. Thompson, so, Ballard. I'm going to say, say this one thing about him, his relationship with his dad. He said he's, he's no matter what, he's always the coach's son. Right. They're going to pay attention to him a little bit more. So it doesn't matter in his playing career when he was on the field or even now in his coaching career. He's gonna People are going to pay attention to him just because of the legacy his dad left. And for him to be able to live up to so far, like what he's done, he's been he's been doing perfect, perfectly fine job at Indiana, obviously. Keep they keep going to the NCAA tournament. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, and and, and that, I think that's the biggest thing yeah. is that they keep they going keep to the winning. Tournament. It's so hard to keep winning mm-hmm. and to keep that winning uh, winning tradition and culture that his dad created. I thought it was really awesome. And and during the selection show, this is way back when, but during the selection show, the the guy who was commentating on it was like the the modern dynasty mm-hmm. of Indiana soccer. So I mean, they I mean they made it now. I think oh, close to thirty years in a row. Um, and and going back to to Jerry Eagley, I mean it's Jerry Eagley Field, so you're, yeah. you're I mean you're not going to get from exactly. too too far away. He, he's, from, he from stands the on roots. he stands on the side of the pitch and looks across the field and he sees That's his dad's Jerry, name, Jerry Eagley Field. <laughs> so yeah, no, but 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 that was a good podcast. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it, and I guess we'll kind of talk to you for another IDS soccer podcast during spring season. So for Josh and Zan, uh, thanks for listening.